0: I'm ready. Let's do it.
1: Welcome, everyone, to episode 214 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And if you've been following this show or my live stream, Signals from Ours, you're quite familiar with Dr. Poison with Brad Dahl from Yargmetal, yargmetal.com. That is a streaming platform, or well, not a streaming platform, it's an online radio station that Brad runs. And I've been participating in his band of the week. Uh, Uh, sections or whatever you want to call it band band of the week, where it was ACDC. Then it was black Sabbath and upcoming. He's going to discuss during this specific episode, what the C word, (laughs) what the C band is going to be. Brad is great. People have asked to have him back on several times. And that's why I keep bringing him back. Uh, I love doing these signals from Mars episodes because they're just, you know, just two people talking, basically. Uh, it is just a good conversation. It's fun to talk to Brad or other people that I've had on in recent weeks just about music and not get wrapped up with a lot of just other stuff. Just have it be laid back, chilled out. And I get it. Not everyone likes that kind of stuff, and so be it. I'm I'm trying to both please myself and please you guys at the same time, and and I hope that you guys enjoy these episodes. Um, the live streams are Fridays, 6 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. In the UK, and midnight for those in continental Europe from Friday going into Saturday. That's the usual time slot. But I found that a lot of European acts don't want to stay up till midnight. It's like, what the fuck? You're not up partying or whatever after a show, or even when your show's done. You know, you're up past these hours. I've believe it or not, I've had issues with artists not wanting to do this because it takes. You know, I don't know. Uh, they they're busy on Friday nights. Uh, they're out getting liquored up, I guess, or or, or whatever, or out with their significant others. Teach their own. Hey, I'm not going to tell people how to live their lives, but. Uh as a result, I've started doing additional episodes where I've been live streaming during the week at different times uh the last episode two thirteen had an interview with Evo from Arion, and I interviewed him at um he said it was seven thirty his time, but it was six thirty <laughs> He was drinking coffee. I think he had just woken up but uh whatever cool interview, cool guy, cool music, but um yes, I've been interviewing people throughout the day as well. And I've been running those live where time permits, basically. Um, Or, you know, there are situations where I can't use my usual setup. That's going to happen this Monday. I get to interview uh, Tommy Clufetis, knock on wood that I didn't just jinx that interview. Uh, But I got to do it through zoom. I've never used zoom before outside of joining zoom conferences. I've never hosted anything. So I hope that it all works out. That should be up here soon. That's all I'll say. And that, unfortunately, since, it's, since I'm going through Zoom, um, I'll post it to YouTube afterwards. I can kind of set it up for, you know, I can have it run through my usual setup, but I need to do it a certain way, which is kind of too late for me to do it. So I don't know if that makes any sense, but, Whatever. I'll work it out. Hopefully have at least an audio version of this interview for you guys. uh, Hopefully next week. Um, Next week or the week after. We'll see. Anyway. Also want to give a shout out to my patrons. Uh, That is uh, Brad Dahl, who I just mentioned, who is part of this episode. Uh, Mark Striegel from Talking Metal. Uh, Gabriel Ruiz, the metal dentist. Uh, also in New Jersey, we have, we have a New Jersey constituency here outside of Mark Striegel and, and Gabriel. We have Steve Hoker and we have Mike Jones. And over in the UK, man, this guy is great with promoting stuff. Uh, asking me for my pick of the week for his Twitter and to help promote me. Uh, it is Jeremy Weltman. Absolutely love the support. Love all of you guys that support me. Love all you guys that are listening to this. Whether whether you're listening, well, if you're listening to this, you're listening to the replay because it isn't live. But if you watch the show live, if you um, listen back to something at a later date, thank you for your support. I appreciate it. 11 years strong. I appreciate that anyone still listens to this. Believe me. Um. I do have other shows that I do. I do Galaxy of Geeks with Chris Vaglio. We do a live stream with that on Thursday nights, all the same times as Mars Attacks. Where uh, last few weeks we've been talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier, and just a bunch of other like quick news tidbits. We'll we'll continue to do so. That's a lot of fun talking to him. A lot of times, you know, I've the last few weeks have been kind of long. Uh, so doing these shows, the live streams for both Galaxy of Geeks and for, you know, um, for this, for Mars Attacks, uh, Signals from Mars, have been bright spots. Uh, so I appreciate the feedback that I do get from you guys. It is great. Um, I do another show on Patreon. It is the Victor M. Ruez podcast. And uh, I listen to my patrons. Hey, I've that show has been kind of facts of life type stuff where I talk about things that are going on outside of music. Uh, but I get it. You know, everyone has voted. They want it to be based on music. So we're, I'm going to gear that more towards music. So um, that's that. So if you want to check out everything that I'm doing on Patreon, two bucks gets you in. You can talk to all these great patrons. It's a troll free environment. We talk all types of hard rock and metal. I post a lot of different content on there uh, from that content. We are creating a playlist that you guys can check out on Spotify or on Apple music. And you know, I get it. They're big evil. You guys don't like them. They're not paying people enough, but much like uh Keith from ghost cult mentioned a few weeks ago, they're promotional tools at the end of the day. That's what you got to look at. It's, helping sell people to get them into concerts, which hopefully we'll start seeing more and more as time goes by. Um, Had my own COVID scare earlier this week. Uh, Everything is fine for the most part. Have uh, an aunt that is in the hospital. As a result, we came in direct contact with her and I talk all about that on the Victor M. Ruiz podcast. Um, so, yeah. So, again, if you want to subscribe to that, it's Patreon forward slash Mars Attacks podcast. Uh, other stuff that I do on there, just polls and different um, questions. Oh, and I do an album of the week where I post kind of an unboxing where I show you some of the cool albums that I have in my collection. Uh, this past week was I'm trying to think because I record I, I recorded five different He at once, but anyway, um, damn it. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I could, I could be kind of, you know, cool and, and, and figure this out. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've recorded five different things and I'm fumbling here, fumbling on the fly. Where's my damn phone here? I'll tell you right now what I, what I uploaded. Oh, Bruce Dickinson's accident of birth, 2017. Reissue. I basically go over some of the facts, show you what the vinyl looks like, um, the gatefold, so on and so forth. If you like all that kind of stuff, again, I do one of those per week. I've been doing albums, I've been doing box sets. Uh, I did a cassette a few weeks ago, a cassette promo, and just trying to mix things up. Hope you guys enjoy it. You know, it's so far so good. But uh, if you like all that stuff, again, two bucks gets you in. And that's all I'm going to pimp so far. Um, you'll hear me talk more about that and other stuff during, during the episode. And, oh, I lied. The newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter. Find out about all things that I'm doing, whether it's my own podcasts, whether it's guesting on other shows, whether it's the Mark Striegel Uh, podcast, whether it's his recap show, so on and so forth. Um, there's, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of great stuff going on. So, um, that's a great place to keep up. Anyway, let's jump on into this interview or this discussion with Mr. Brad Dahl. Thank you for your time. Thank you for checking this episode out. Welcome everyone to this Friday's edition of the signals from Mars live stream brought to you by the Mars attacks podcast. I hope everyone is doing great. We welcome back the good doctor, Mr. Brad Dahl. How are you, sir?
0: Yeah. The doctor's in, um, you know, I'm doing really well. I'm doing uh, fantastic man. Thank you for having me back. I really appreciate it. And, and, uh, Hello to everybody. God, I gotta get this here. <laughs> Hello to everybody in the uh, chat room so far. Jeremy, <laughs> good to good to see you. I look forward to meeting all you guys someday. That would be way cool.
1: That uh, that would be uh, awesome. Yeah, Doctor Rock. Yeah, I, I I kept uh, <laughs> thinking about the Motorhead song today. <laughs> yeah,
0: there you go. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny because when I um. Uh, it, you know, it because actually, you know, a doctor, a doctor of clinical pharmacy, whatever that is. And, uh, you know, it, it, and I'm also on, I'm an assistant professor at the College of Pharmacy. So the students oh, wow. call me, oh, Dr. Dahl. I'm like, no, 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 don't call me Dr. Dahl. That's kind of just silly. And um, <laughs> and uh, this guy, I, I once these guys in the drummer started calling me Dr. Brad and I go, you know what? I'm OK with that. That's a little less uh, pretentious, you know. It's like Doctor Brad, that's pretty good. Uh, my favorite of all time, though, and I might have told this here, is uh, I was teaching a class. It was a high school class, and I walked in, and one of the guys go, oh, "This is back when I had pretty long hair," and uh, he says, "Oh, it's the Poison dude," and I go, "I had that. I like. I like being the Poison dude." Yeah, I've the actually been accused dude. of being having been in the band Poison too. Um, I was doing a TV interview and some, and the, the guy somehow asked me, cause I guess he'd heard something about me being involved with poison. He says, well, he says, I heard you were in the band poison and it was on the air. And I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, of course I was. <laughs> and then my brother, Bobby, <laughs> he took over, he took over, you know, after I left. So, cause his last name's is right. But he spells it wrong. Yeah.
1: Right. That's like um, uh-huh. in the end machine, they just uh, released a new album. And, um, oh, yeah. Mick yeah, Brown's yeah. brother took over Steve Brown. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a similar deal. So they just switched the Daw brothers on base.
0: Yeah. There you go. There you go. That's, <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. That's, that's good. That's good stuff. Hey, I have a question for you, Victor, to get things sure. going here, which by the way, the intro music sounded kind of wonky on my end. Was it for everybody else out there or was it just, yeah, me?
1: it's been, so it's That's one of those things I've been saying that sounds kind of crappy now that they've updated their system. The funny thing is, is when I download okay. the file to upload it to YouTube, it sounds fine. But when it plays Thank live, Jeremy. it sounds like I'm listening to it underwater.
0: Well, well, it's more important that it sounds good on YouTube. So that's a that's a good thing. Oh, it's good for Jeremy. Well, if it's good for Jeremy, that's- then...
1: Yep. Well, that if matters. it's good for Jeremy, it's good for me, damn it. So.
0: Okay. So my question is about that music. Where, where did that music come from? What is that? Or have you already talked some time and I missed it?
1: Um, that is me. Um, Whoa. That is, yeah, yeah that is um, with all the stuff that started going down with uh, YouTube and everything. And actually it's funny. Um, last week was the first time that I got a copyright strike when uploading a video because I tried to play a joke on my, uh, guest last week on Chris Baglio. Um, we were playing different snippets of new music that had come out and the new Greta Van Fleet had come out. So he asked, he said he hadn't listened to it yet, but he was looking forward to it. So I said, oh, I'll play you uh, a little clip if you want. And I played the intro to Lay It On The Line by Triumph. Um, <laughs> the problem is that it went like a minute and something long. So there was a copyright strike there. Uh, we played like eight other things, and but we kept them all like under 30 seconds. So we were good with everything else. But that happened to, you know, to, to trigger it. Huh. But wow. um, so anyway... So when all this stuff was going down with like shows being pulled off of Spotify and whatnot, I, I thought, well, I got to use some music that there's no way that there can be a copyright claim. So the intro and the outro are songs from uh, demos that I recorded back in 2012. Um, What happened was back then there were, there's actually someone that I had dated for quite a long time who was dying from a disease called uh, Huntington's disease. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to kind of call together people that I had interviewed, uh, local musicians mostly. Um, There were a few that I had reached out that were in the States, like Alan Tecchio, who was recently on uh, Talking Metal. I reached out to him, and he was the only person that said, I'll do it. And I said, what do I need to pay you? He said, pay me whatever you want. And I never got around to that. I never got around to like getting it to that stage. Um, but what ended up happening was, you know, I I'd, I'd reached out to a lot of different people, and it was funny. the 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 over or underlying thing was, oh, each one of these songs sound completely different from one another. How? Why would people listen to this? And I said, Have you ever listened to an old Led Zeppelin or Black Sabbath album where every song sounds completely different. Like anything from the seventies, basically Um, you know, before things started getting homogenized in the nineties, every song sounded different and it kind of helped with the whole, you know, musical journey of, of the album. So, you know, between different things um, I never ended up going forward uh, with, with the project, but I still have a bunch of songs that, that I thought were, were pretty cool. Um, the intro is a song called, um, uh, the title of it is Death Walker. And the, um, uh, the inspiration comes from, uh, if you ever watched the Battlestar Galactica series that came out like, uh, I don't know, like a decade ago, maybe longer, mm-hmm. they had a spinoff called Caprica. And in that Caprica series, there were, Um, there were different things that I thought were interesting. They played upon um, having people's souls uploaded to a digital like network where they could live forever. Um, And there were two characters that ended up dying and ended up in this digital world. And because they were pissed about being there, they went around killing like everyone that came up against them and they call them the death walkers. So that's, where I got inspiration for that.
0: Yeah. I wonder if anybody's taken that for a band name.
1: (laughs) I'm I'm sure they have, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I always thought that if anything would get a copyright strike, the closest thing, the ending um, is a small piece to another song. It's like the, uh, the intro to before the, the solo part of that song. And it was interesting because Um, it's not directly the same, but it has like the same kind of feel as like, um, the Black Sabbath song, Headless Cross. Uh, Mm. there's like a a riff that's kind of similar, but it's something that kind of happened by accident. It isn't that I purposely wanted to use, you know, that it just fit. So, you know, so that's kind of what I use. Mm. So I've used bits and pieces of what I thought was the best out of those demos for different pieces of music. Uh, in the podcast. So I just use that. I just, every so often I just throw it in there. So I like
0: it though. Yeah. It's a good, good way to open things up. And uh, I like Jeremy's comment. It is unique to what you're doing here. You should have your music. So, uh, all right. So you got stuff then, right? Yes. Awesome. And play drums on it. I imagine.
1: I programmed the drums for that. Um, At the time when I put that together, the, uh, I couldn't, um, so I have a program called Superior Drummer. I now have Superior Drummer three, but Superior Drummer two at the time. Um, I have an electronic drum set, which is actually behind me over there, um, and um, that I connected to computer. And the problem was I was having uh, issues with the um, with the interface between the uh, the drum set and the computer. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I originally bought the program to um, to replace the sounds of the drum set because Superior Drummer is what a lot of bands use to record their albums. Uh, I can tell from the cymbal sounds right off the bat. I've messed with it enough that I can hear bands put out stuff. Um, for example, the last like three or four Overkill albums are recorded directly using this program because the the symbol samples are. Are from this program, the drums, they've augmented them because what a lot of bands do is they go into the studio, they use the program and then they sample their own drum set and then they use the program in combination with the cymbals to to make it work, because I've seen videos of them recording where the um, the toms and the snare are alive you know they're live per se but the uh the bass drums the kick drums are directly just uh triggers they're 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 electronic drum heads um and what this program can do is even if you're using it uh it can um augment how you're playing automatically so you have you have a preset so that it changes the strokes of the, uh, of the snare, for example, where every beat doesn't, every time you hit the snare drum, it doesn't sound the same. So it doesn't sound like a machine unless that's what you're going for. Um, they've really upped things with, with superior drummer three to where they've sampled a, um, a drum set in a studio in, in England and in Canada. No, what am I talking about? Uh, in, in England and in Sweden, and there are a few others around the world, but they've done it with like 72 mics so that you get like a full like 5.1 mix if you want. Um, it, they've done some really ridiculous stuff with, with the program. And it's funny because when Emily Striegel recently interviewed Jeff Tate, he talked about how, oh, you know, we were able to get rid of drummers a long time ago, and then now we can just record online. I was like you fucker, you know, <laughs> you still need to have somebody, you know, whether I programmed that or not, like I was looking for a specific feel and like, you know, something that would be similar to what I would have played naturally on that. Um, and then I recorded all the, uh, the guitar parts and the bass after that. And then there are vocals, which I stripped away, which the idea was to have a different vocalist on each one of the tracks because, as much as I've thought for years that I've had a decent voice, I've come to learn later on that, well, maybe my voice isn't that decent. Maybe it's good for backing vocals, but not for lead vocals. Um, So I've, I've become comfortable with that. So I searched out different people that were going to sing on these various tracks. It sucks that it never came to fruition, but you know, is what it is. Um, You know, I had kids a little bit after that. So kind of no more time to, to dedicate to that. So, um, but, uh, yeah, um, before I forget, I do want to say hello to Rob and to Jose, who are both in the chat as well. Besides Jeremy, thank you guys for being here week after week. I appreciate it. And, um, I want to mention that we are now, you know, we've been streaming to various parts of Facebook, uh, YouTube Periscope and Twitch, since I started doing the live streams again, but we're on um, 13 different platforms now all over the world. And obviously, somebody's going to say, well, What do you mean? Twitch and YouTube are all over the world, and so is Facebook. But um, I've signed up for different platforms that are popular in different parts of the world. You know, um, there are certain platforms that are Big in Japan, big in Russia, big in China, big in, you know, India, stuff like that. Korea, for example, that have massive followings. So I said, you know, hey, they're available to me. Why not? Why not sign up for them? You know, so oh, that's smart. We're um, yeah. You know, if if it even gets a, you know, one or two more people to uh, to watch, you know, it, it's it's doing what it's supposed to do. And. It's interesting because yesterday, there's something that um, Jeremy uh, uh, posted on Twitter today uh, about me interviewing Evo from the band Arion. Um, Unfortunately, uh, he couldn't do a 12 a.m. show. So I was told that I could interview him on Thursday. I interviewed him at Thursday uh, at 6.30 my time um so it was around 12:30 on the east coast in the US and and that went out live and um and that'll be repackaged next week that's a short like 30 30 minute interview um i mentioned to you off air monday i'm interviewing um tommy Clufetis from ozzy and black sabbath fame um he's obviously got the uh uh tommy's rock trip which i've posted about in patreon which you guys have been digging Um, so he's, I'm going to talk to him about that. And, um, next Friday, (laughs) I have, uh, an interview at, um, seven, my time, uh, with Sonia Anubis, who's the guitarist in, uh, two bands, one called Cobra Spell and one that's called, um, Crypto, which I, Posted last week, they're a death metal band, and I know that not everyone who follows me is into that stuff. Um, but she was also the guitarist in a band called Burning Witches, and um, and then next week, Signals from Mars, the at the regular time slot, we'll have uh, Chris Aiken from the Classic Metal Show and Matt from the um, a Classic Metal Show uh, Podcast Network. Uh, they're going to be on here to talk about. Um, They're the platform that they've set up. Um, They're taking over Heavy Metal TV, which Chris talked about with Mark Striegel a few weeks ago, and they've launched a new app, which is really cool uh, for their stuff, um, which is uh, my segue into asking you about the uh, new Yard Metal app, which is now up on uh, Google Play.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and thank you for that, Victor. Yeah, this is quite a big surprise. Uh, late last night, my brother sent me, uh, uh, just a text message and I had a picture of the, uh, the Google app. And mm-hmm. so, cause I mean, I've been, you know, we've been kicking this around forever. I keep bugging him and he's like, Oh, our hands We're just waiting to hear. And, and so he just sent me this picture and I, and I like, dude, is this the new app? And he says, yeah. And I said, well, is it available? And, uh, yeah. So why are you just telling me this now? I mean, uh, you know, right? Holy, holy crap, man! And then, uh, yeah, he's he's uh, he's not uh, super tech oriented anyway. Um, so yeah, so I immediately sent that out. I'm like, oh, can I share it with people? Can I like, have, you know? So I started putting it out there, and I thought, well, I'm going to go over to the Apple Store and see if maybe uh, the new app is there. And it, by golly, it is there. So not only Google but Apple have a brand new app. And cool. uh, I encourage everybody to uh, download it. It's free, obviously. Yeah, the the difference is, and I think this is because the the guy, our original IT guy who who uh, went into the witness relocation or protection program, I think he's with John. Um,
1: <laughs> That's what he, I was
0: he, say. he 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 had all the legal stuff to the original Yard Metal app, which is and which was called Yard Metal, and because of right. that, we couldn't call the new app Yard Metal. So it's oh, called wow. Yarg Radio. Yeah, which um, my wife thinks that's a total uh, BS thing, but you know, whatever. It's Yarg, and that's the most important thing. I don't know you, I don't think you're going to fight companies or anything on the internet that's Yarg other than us. Yeah, that took me forever to come up with that name by the way. <laughs> took a hell of a <laughs> lot of internet searching trying to find something that's unique and and uh, there you go. Um but yeah, so the new apps are out and I I would I it'd be really cool if people everybody here downloaded it and especially in different parts of the world let let me know how it's working where you live and uh there you go. I don't know what kind of what kind of phone you got there. iPhone. iPhone. Okay. All right. Um Yeah. Yeah. My brother, CEO Dave, even though he's, he's probably, you know, if you got everybody in this, this whole production here put together, he's probably worth 10 times us. He uh, is, he's got an iPhone, but he's too cheap to hook it up. So uh, he's got a Google phone. (laughs) That's the only thing that's an actual phone. And and so, yeah, so he he hasn't. Yeah. Anyway, so. So, yeah, so it worked. I've been listening to it all day. I had to run into uh, Salt Lake, which is about 35 well, it's 35 miles from here. And I had to run in there and get some things and, and come back. And I've been running it all day in the car. it's cool because it works with um, Apple uh, Carplay, CarPlay. Right. So what it is. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like uh, the whole the picture, the yard picture yeah, comes yeah. up there. Uh, as an icon in there so i'm like oh man this is this is sweet and, and it just streamed just beautifully didn't have any problems and and it sounded I, th- I think the sound quality is actually a little better too the high end seemed okay. a little crisper to me and and uh, which is uh, sound quality is really important to me uh, i don't like uh, well it's difficult for me to listen to things that sound like crap so,
1: <laughs> that's that's a good yeah. you know that's a good parameter. If it sounds like crap, I won't listen to it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I know I've heard Mark talk about this before, and and I I'm 100 percent agreement with him. Listen to some podcast where it's just distorted, you know, wobbly, and I'm like, how how right. are you even post? How do you post this? How do you put this out there and expect people to listen to it? Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. So I, of course, I know the very first interview I ever did uh, was with um, uh, Nigel Glockler and um, Paul Quinn of Saxon. And Mm -hmm. it it was live and I did it. I had my little handheld thing and we're sitting outside and it was in Anaheim. And we're sitting behind the concert venue there underneath this tarp at a picnic table. And I set it down, which was a big mistake. Because Nigel, man, he, if, if I, I got to get this on YouTube somehow, it's a, it's way, too, I got to car- carve it up and get it out there, but you guys should listen to it. If you go to our Facebook and you go way back to the beginning of our Facebook, I think you can find an audio. But anyways, mm-hmm. he kept pounding on the table. He, he was getting, he was very, um, very emphatic about a lot of the stuff he was talking about. He was, he was, uh, right. it was a cool interview because he was very uh, opinionated, had a lot of. Uh, a lot of strong opinions about things, and but that made you know this weird kind of boom sound, and and, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. couldn't get rid of it. I went through with the editing software, and I couldn't make it sound really really good. Uh, the speaking parts were very easy to understand, but there was just this constant you know boom and noise and and things like that. So I kind of I kind of learned from that. So from then on, whenever I did an interview, I would hold the recorder in my hand. And that mm-hmm. that kept, that kept that kind of vibration and stuff down. And uh, anyway, so there you go. There's, there's some, uh, you know, I'm not a podcaster, but I play one on TV. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> there's a lot to learn in this interview stuff, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I have a, a zoom H four, <laughs> which um, it's, It's worked great since the inception. I still use it if I need to interview someone in person. Um, And the problem that this recorder has is you have to arm it, then record. So there are a lot of times where you just arm it and you forget to hit record that second time. And I've had issues where... I'll be halfway through an interview. Uh, There are two that come to mind. I was interviewing um, uh, the guitarist and bassist from Kitty uh, at the BB Kings in New York. And we had gone almost through the entire interview. And then I realized I'm like, shit, I didn't hit record. So we started the interview up. And then here comes the PR guy and the pr guy says to me uh you done yet buddy i'm like no we had a little you know technical issue we've kind of worked it out all right you've got 2 minutes to finish and they look at me they're like yeah don't listen to him let's just do the entire interview again he comes back you done yet buddy yeah you've got like 30 seconds to finish and they and they were like uh yeah we'll we'll be done shortly and i don't know the whole thing was That that night was kind of weird because I i mentioned this to uh, to Mark because Mark knows this guy. Um, I'll say that John Astronomy knows him a lot better because of certain connections. Um, But um, uh, so when the show was wrapping up, um, it was uh, Mercedes Lander, the the drummer, she says to me because I interviewed her like a few months prior prior to that. And she says, Oh, you know, you, you made it to the States, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm so happy that you got to see us. Did you like the show? Like, yeah, it was great. And she said to me, you know, I'm kind of sick, but hang out for a little bit. We're going to be out having beers in like 10 minutes. Okay. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no problem. So I grab something to drink and I'm, I'm waiting at the bar. And then this guy comes out. He's like, uh, show's over, buddy. What are you still doing here? I go, yeah, you know, Mercedes told me to hang out, you know, they're going to be coming out to have drinks. Nah, 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 show's over. Get out of here. I'm like, um, she just said it when, you know, I spoke to her on stage. He's like, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't care. Show's over. Come on. Nothing to see. Just get out of here. I'm like you stupid little fucking prick. You know, this guy's like all like five foot two and, um, and I was like, "You know it's bullshit, you know the a member of the band specifically told me, Wait, you know let's let's chat afterwards when when other people aren't around, and you know I was like you know i'm I'm here on vacation, basically I was there well I was there on my honeymoon if I'm not mistaken um and i And she knew the entire story and she was like, yeah, yeah, you know, just hang out, blah, 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 whatever. And and I was like, you know, what what a jerk. And I, there was another incident where I tried to interview someone else and similar deal with the recording, but uh, just the interesting, you know, that's um, for those of you that aren't on Patreon, um, I have several episodes of um, interviews that I did with Richie from Focus on Metal which we deemed podcasting nightmares where we go over, you know, different things that have happened with label people, PR people, band people. And um, I done that with an old, um, with an old uh, sorry, I'm reading Jeremy's comments. As we I say know, in the UK. Then,
0: yeah, I like exactly. him and are both in the same ballpark. So well done guys.
1: Yes. yeah it was funny i was listening to another podcaster say how they got in trouble for calling someone as they would say in the u.s the c word and i was thinking well if you're in the uk and you call someone a cheeky cunt there isn't an issue with that because it's just like a a twat, basically a twat. It is a normal, uh, insult. It isn't as big of a deal as it is in the States, but whatever. Um, I hope that YouTube now just does not (laughs) declassify this video as a result, but I'm trying to teach some social, uh, lessons here. You know, I'm not trying to be vulgar. Um, but, uh, anyway, you're
0: fighting against your New Jersey upbringing.
1: Well, I was uh whether I was born in New Jersey or not, you know, there was plenty of Benny Hill when I was a kid. We yeah. we we were big followers of the Young Ones, which was a British series. Oh, I love the uh, Young Ones. Yeah. Yeah, um yeah. actually I yeah. have uh,
0: you get a lot of Young Ones on the uh, yard metal by the way, in between songs.
1: Oh, samples. Oh, okay, cool. Um Yeah, I have where is this? Of course, now I can't find it. Oh, stick a pickaxe on your spinal column. That's Vivian from yeah, the young ones. Yeah, Vivian. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. That's, um, I don't know the guys um, who he was. They were just over over for a, a party. The witch next door was getting sick of uh, the noise, so she sticks uh, an umbrella the, through the wall, goes in the guy's ear, and he says, Oh dear, oh dear. And he continues to say, I don't quite like having blunt objects forced or stuck forcefully into my ear. And he thinks that Neil is the one that does it. So he proceeds to beat on Neil. And the last uh, sample that I have, Young Ones related, is, I'm very sober. I'm very, very bored. So. Vivian, once again, I used to, I used to have a young ones t-shirt and it was funny. I would go to uh different places and people would see me with that t-shirt and they would go, Oh, wow. The young ones. I love them. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. I, I like Rob kicking in there. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good stuff guys. Yeah. Absolutely. Young ones. Um, yeah. 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 Just fantastic. Well, it was on, I think MTV had young ones on, on Sunday nights. Once upon yes, a time so. in the 80s. Yeah,
1: yeah. They, they, they had 120 minutes, I think, before. And then it was Young Ones and the Comedy Strip Live, which was another series that Aid um, Ed Edmondson and um, Rick Mail did. And actually, a lot of the players that were in The Young Ones appeared in that other um, series. They had something else that I remember Eddie Trunk criticized way back when. Um, they had a band called bad news and bad news is actually came out before spinal tap. Um, so it's, it's the same type of a deal. It was a mockumentary of a band that was trying to like make it big and they were, but they were horrible. (laughs) And, uh, and it was funny because, uh, the ending of the initial episode was, was great because, uh, they're trying to get paid, for a show that they did. And the only people that showed up to the show was some guy that was walking by walking, his dog decided to step in and it was um, uh, one of the members, girlfriends. So the concert promoter was like, yeah, um, we're not going to pay you anything because of all the alcohol you drank. And because, you know um, we only made money off of the guy, his dog and your girlfriend. So uh, there isn't enough to pay you guys, and then they 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 find out that um, that it was actually the guy that was filming the documentary told the promoter not to pay them because he wanted to create conflict for his documentary, and then at the end, um, the the um, Abe Edmondson. His character, who's who's Vivian in The Young Ones, he looked like Dave Mustaine in this because he had a long he had a wig that was like long, red, like wavy hair. So it was like Mustaine hair. And he, and I'll always remember he goes to the guy, well, if it's conflict you're looking for, it's conflict you're going to get. And he punches him in the stomach and they proceed to, to beat this guy up. I don't know. It was funny. Let's see. Jeremy Abe plays folk and was playing our local town. Oh, wow. He is married to Jennifer Saunders who went to our local school. Yes. And she appeared in the young ones lots of times and obviously, uh, absolutely fabulous. Um, Oh yeah. 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 yeah the, the two, uh, from absolutely fabulous. I think they were married to two different, uh, members of the young ones, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, anyway, um, Really, uh, really cool. Um, That was a show that indirectly, you know, had music in it as well. So it was really cool. Like that was the the first appearance that Motorhead ever made with Philip Campbell was on The Young Ones, uh, where they played Ace of Spades during the Bambi episode. Yeah,
0: best episode there is, too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and then there was another episode that had... um, uh madness there was another episode that had uh oh man i'm i think the the damned yeah there was there was another um uh english beat there you go Uh, i was Mm -hmm. another and yeah so uh the funny the
0: the funny thing about the motorhead uh the bambi episode when they had motorhead on there is when it came to the lead Mm -hmm. is that the camera panned to the guitarist who was not playing the lead
1: right Every yeah. time so they
0: were going back and forth. It's like, Oh, that guy's playing the lead. Let's go to the other guy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, Which what is what you would usually see on your like solid gold type, uh, shows, you know, you're, you're right. you run of the mill, like uh pop shows where you'd have a, a rock band on there every one, every now and then. And, and then you, that's what would happen. They would show the wrong guy soloing. So, um,
0: yeah, yeah, that's, that's one of my pet peeves of any kind of rock uh, music video thing is when they're showing the wrong thing. It's like, what, the, what right. the hell are you showing that guy for, you know, especially during a lead or something. And right. and if it's something that they went later, they had multi cameras and they went later and edited it and still screwed it up. It's like, what? Yeah. What, who's in charge here? Okay. Yeah. So I got to tell my quick, uh, uh, screw up as far sure, my, uh, my big recorder that I use is, a um, is a zoom as well. Okay. And so, yeah, so you hit the button once to set it to record. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you hit it again to actually record. Yes. So uh, the first time I did a Skype interview, this is of course after COVID because every, every interview I'd done before I would do uh, in person and they were all like Mm -hmm. typically around a concert I would go to or something and go meet up with them before or after the show, usually before. And, so so uh, and the, the interview was with I'm wearing my 220 volt shirt here so shout out to Sweden um, <laughs> uh, Mats Carlson of 220 volt super cool guy and if you guys uh, you guys everybody should listen to 220 volt and all the stuff that he's doing anyway he's uh, part of our part of our family but anyway he did an interview with me and it was like the one of the, I mean, I was, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be, you know, awful doing this over Skype or whatever, and it was fantastic. Right. We had just a great discussion, talked about all these cool things, and then I got done and I looked down at my recorder and it says zero 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 zero. Oh wow! I I hadn't hit record and I didn't realize it till after we had disconnected and everything. So I hurried and and it's like your whole soul just died. Yeah.
1: I've had batteries die on me in the middle of recording, as well. Now that I think about it and I've had to go back and interview the band over again. Uh, That happened to me with a local band. And I said, look, I'm never going to get the same reaction out of you guys. The previous interview was great. So I'm changing all the questions because I want to have an authentic, you know, reaction from you guys. So, yeah. And that's uh, uh, so
0: so interesting that I, along those same lines. So I immediately I sent him an email and just apologizing profusely. And I thought, oh, he's just going to be done with me. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't have been cooler. He's like, no, no, we can do it. We can do it again. And I thought, you know, if we did it right away, it just it, it, it would be weird. You know, mm-hmm. trying to do the same interview over again. So I said, no, let's wait like a three weeks. Okay. Kind of give me a chance right. to think about things we didn't talk about or whatever and do kind of like yeah. what you're talking about, come up with some different questions. And so that's what we did. And I, I think it came off pretty good still. I, I, I feel like we miss still missed the magic of the very first interview. Uh, but I still think it came off pretty good. So shout out to Matt, super good guy, great guitarist. My, my goodness. uh, it, yeah if you guys aren't listening to 220 volt check it out they they should have a new album coming out this year he's got another project called The Summit uh, that's just with some of his buddies okay. and they just kind of mm-hmm. hang out and write more classic rock songs and then okay. everybody does whatever they want to do it's just a total fun thing they've only got one CD out and I've been playing a few songs from it uh, very good he just put out his first solo album it's going to be oh, about a year and a half now and uh, it's just songs he wrote that really did didn't fit, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, I love it. Great, great album, and he did all the vocals and stuff on it. So very cool stuff. So Matt's Carlson, uh, two S's there for all you non-Scandinavians. So <laughs> I think I think all those oh. English people is like, oh, there's too many S's in there. We got to take one out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that was um, I grew up with somebody uh, with an entire family. Actually, they're they're all up on Facebook. Um, their last name is Gustafson. And I remember the one that was my age, uh, Adam, who's a fabulous artist and um, a musician as well. And he would always tell us a story how his real last name when his family came from Finland was Isolmaki. But because no one could pronounce Isolmaki when his grandfather got to Ellis Island, they said, no, 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 you're Gustafsson yep so yeah uh, just interesting how they they had like uh, uh stock last names depending on what country you came from um when yeah, you got another the
0: reason coast. why people hate us Americans is uh yeah, we insist on everything has to be our way
1: <laughs> well, we're superior, I mean, right? <laughs> but that's I don't know if that's only an American thing because um. For example, here in Spain, Prince Charles is not Prince Charles.
0: Ooh, who is he? he he's
1: Prince Jack. Carlos.
0: Oh, Carlos. Ah, okay. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. A because they, and...
1: Yeah, so uh, there are mm-hmm. a few things with that. Well, uh, an- another one, and um, St. Saint James. St. Saint James, um, in the Spanish-speaking world, uh, is not St. James. He's, um, uh, he's, uh, uh, there's a famous city here in Spain, in Spain where every, everyone or not everyone, but a lot of tourists come to do the St. James trail, but in Spanish it's called, uh, Santiago is, uh, uh is, is St. James. So, okay. uh, there's several places in the world that are called that. Um, so, um, Let's see. Yes. Yeah, Sven Gustafson, cool for, for physics. Yeah. Gustafson was gone by the time I, by the time I got to, um, got to physics, I, I had a good old, uh, quirky, uh, I don't want to get into it, but I had some, <laughs> some inter, inter, interesting, uh, teachers, including one that, well, you're, you know, the poison stuff, um, the first day of um of chemistry you know you're thinking that uh, everything is fine and a teacher says hey smell this and i start coughing profusely and he says to me yeah that's mustard gas uh, this is why in, <laughs> in chemistry class you never smell something before knowing what it yeah. is i'm like you, you ask you knowing this and knowing how damaging mustard gas can be how can you give me this to to breathe in so
0: yeah, that's uh, Unbelievable. a dick move. Dick move. Yeah. yeah. New Jersey, well,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, well, and to, and to further, this guy spent more time painting stuff because his big claim to fame was. And this reminds me of the movie Step Brothers, where the character Dale was going to take up the family business um, <laughs> because, yeah, my, my cousin just named him Mr. Stern. His father painted the original Popeye cartoons okay so because his father was that his claim to fame was that his father did that so in the movie Step Brothers, the character dale his father was a doctor and he was saying how he was going to take up the family business once his father was no longer practicing and in a scene they say well doesn't he know that he has to go to school to become a doctor yep I've explained this to him a million times. He thinks that he can just become a doctor after I retire. So, um, That's great. Stuff. Rob brought up something interesting that has been in the news these last few weeks, which I'm glad you brought it up, Rob. Something that would be interesting to talk about. Um, the Kiss biopic on Netflix. Is that um, a real thing? that's a real thing. It's been announced this week that there was, you know, it was all over blabbermouth and stuff like that. Um, I'm guessing that after the whole Motley crew thing, uh, after the dirt, we're, um, we're headed for a, uh, kiss documentary now. Um, while we also had, you know, we've had recent documentaries on queen on Elton John, so on and so forth. Um, I know that I'm in the minority, but I got through about five minutes of Bohemian Rhapsody before I had to uh, pull the ripcord and, and get out of there. Um, I watched The Dirt only because it was on Netflix, but I hated like almost everything about it. Because okay, the night that that premiered, um, Jimmy DeAnda, who's the drummer of the Bullet Boys. Um, I follow him on Facebook and his post was watch the dirt. Um, I'm going to take a few days to kind of like take in what I saw. Um, but I hung out at their apartment many, many times and it looked nothing like that opening scene of the movie. Um, example, like, like gonna
0: actually recreate the apartment they lived in. Like, we, we got pictures we can compare, and let's do that. No, That's, but it was like really this
1: funny. big, luxurious apartment, oh, and you know, there, there were yeah. chicks all over the place. and He he goes on to say in his post, like, you know, sausage yeah. guests mostly every night. Um, so. They, they there's There were so many things there, and, it, and it's funny because when I interviewed John Bush for the first time, I asked him about um, uh, about um, Phil Sandoval being talked about in Dave Mustaine's book and Joey Vera being talked about in The Dirt. And John Bush said to me, um, well, the only thing I'll say about that is, it's an interesting way to talk about events that took place. And he, you know, basically was saying bullshit about both things that happened. Um, I've talked to other people along the way about, you know, the whole night that um, Dave Mustaine broke um, Phil Sandoval's leg. Um, The whole thing with Joey Vera and, um, and Tommy Lee, actually the, the person that, um, that I spoke to about this, um, Bob now bandy has been on my show several times and hopefully he's going to be on uh, sometime next month. But, um, he may, you know, he's always said to me, you know, love Motley Crue, but you know, there's never been a band that's exaggerated more about who they are than, than Motley Crue. And he said something along the lines of how, you know, they build them up themselves up to be like superheroes. And like the majority of the stuff is just like, far beyond um being exaggerated and you know he said tommy lee says something along the fact or along the lines of that joey vera was on the back of a motorcycle with him and they drove over a cliff or something like that when they were actually in a car and like he drove into like some ditch and you know there's so many things that were just kind of exaggerated there. But, um, I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that if they do a kiss documentary, it's going to be closer to the facts. I mean, if you're going to, if you're doing a documentary again, it's one of the things that killed me about the the queen documentaries five minutes in there were, there was so much bullshit in it already where the timeline was like completely off and just events were off and, you know, I had already read about different things that were said and, and everything was like from from the time that, um, you know, that uh, that Freddie Mercury told him that he had AIDS was supposedly during before live aid when he didn't tell them until like six years later. Um, Brian May and Roger Taylor being upset about Freddie Mercury releasing a, a solo album. When it turns out that both of them had already released several solo albums before Freddie did, so you know there's just a lot of a lot of stuff there. But um,
0: yeah, I, I think you kind of have to take those things because they're not really documentaries; they're they're movies, you know. Yeah, based, yeah, yeah. On, based on these bands or whatever, so you have to figure. You know, people are writing scripts and, I, well, what if we change this and what if we change this and how about this and you know because they're not really trying to accurately portray what really happened. They're trying to movie that somebody who's not a big fan of that band would still watch it and enjoy it kind of a thing. So I, I kind of think you have to look at it that way. And otherwise, if it was like a true documentary, then yeah, you definitely have to demand that things be done accurately and correctly and, you know, nail, nail it on there. But uh, I don't know. I, 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 I'll heck I'll watch a a kiss biopic, man. I, I think it'd be fun, man. I'm yes. I'm all I'm all in on that. I'll I'll watch it, but uh, yeah. Which uh, have you seen any any of those type shows that you liked, though, that were not real documentaries, but they were movies based on? I mean, I don't know how many of them have there have there been.
1: Uh, um, I, know that. I know they no, did, like really a, has, but but, but I think that, that yeah, that that also has a lot to do with the fact that. I mean, look at look at like the outlets that have done stuff like this in the past, like VH1 who did the Def Leppard uh, docu pick, which was like an after-school special quality um, that, you know, they, VH1 used to do so much music-related content. From what I know in the States, they do zero music content now. Um, I think a lot of the reason why there are, isn't more in this genre and like hard rock and metal is because, you know, a lot of the, you know, rock and roll hall of fame type thing or Rolling Stone type people don't respect the genre. So you have, you know, um, docu picks on other people like a Johnny cash, like, uh, you know, like, I I don't know. There's, there've been plenty over the years, I prefer to just watch a regular documentary me myself and and I can get sucked into documentary even if I don't like a band you know if if I'm learning about their history or different things you know it doesn't matter to me if I actually like the band yeah. so long as the documentary's done well there's there's a movie called The Art of Rap which um which I just watched for the historical context of it and I got sucked in because the way that the movie was shot, it was shot in like really high definition. So there are like a lot of like um, scenes with like New York and LA that are just shot a certain way that it gives you like, it really gives you like a really um, outstanding experience, you know, just like really ridiculously crisp experience where it's like, wow, you know, I could just watch the footage you no, know, because it's done so well. Um, but uh, let's see, Jeremy's saying that he liked the Elton John one. Um, yeah, my, the-
0: my wife pulled the plug on that about, it was right right at, when they were at the Troubadour when he first came to America, which by the way, I've been on stage.
1: Oh, oh no, we, we lost Brad. Oh, he's back.
0: Let's see. I'm back. I got a weird yeah, connection. It's because I started talking about the Troubadour.
1: So you were on stage at the Troubadour. I've been on stage. Yeah, yeah.
0: My buddy, uh, Mike Keneally, who's uh, a guitar player, has played with uh, Steve Vai. He's played with a lot of people, has his own own band. Oh, Frank Zappa. How can I forget that? That's how I even uh, got uh, to be friends with him. But anyway, he was doing a show at the Troubadour, and he had me get up in the middle of one of his songs and tell a poison control story which was just ridiculous. Oh, wow. It was like a Frank Zappish kind of thing to do. So it was really cool though. I got pictures of me up on stage in the Troubadour where these guys are, are rocking out and I'm telling a poison story about this woman. I believe I, I told the story. She, she was on antipsychotics and she wanted to to drink alcohol, but it said on the, the bottle, there was a sticker that says, don't drink alcohol with this. So her and her boyfriend got the idea that they could make a douche with uh, alcohol and so they douched her with alcohol, thinking that would uh, accomplish the you know the intended process. And then of course they called me, and uh, yeah, no, it, it she she was fine. So <laughs> <laughs> she lived. In other words, <laughs> she li- oh yeah, those people don't die. <laughs> those people do not die. They're they're like they'll be the last people on this planet. uh, the, uh you know, oh my gosh, uh, I think the official term in the ER is Gomers. Uh, which stands for "Get out of my ER." And, oh wow! Uh, yeah, yeah, you can't you can't kill those people. I mean, they can do incredible things, and and it's like, yeah, that should that would kill most people, but you somehow no, didn't kill yeah. you. Yeah, my favorite uh, bizarre uh, orifice story, though. And I'm sorry, and see, we're going now. We're going to go down a poison road for a second. And this came <laughs> from the uh, Motel Six in downtown Salt Lake City. Uh, and there, and I've heard about the this this whole idea of doing a coffee enema Uh, i learned about this from a buddy of mine who spent some time in new zealand and he picked up hepatitis there uh, which i guess that's a thing in new zealand (laughs) and uh, and somebody had told him that yeah you need to do coffee enemas and that will improve your liver health and all this kind of crap and of course yeah there's no evidence of that but he so he i was over at his house and he's in the kitchen he goes hey check this out and he pulled out this long tube and all this other stuff and i go what the hell are you doing, man? Are you, is that like a, some kind of a bong or something? He goes, no, I put coffee in it. And I said, well, you're smoking coffee? He goes, no, I put it in my butt. But but regardless of that, um, yeah, nothing good happens in a Motel 6. So I get this call. Uh, these people uh, had checked into the Motel 6 in downtown Salt Lake City, and they have the little coffee pot in the room. Ooh, that's fancy when you can make coffee in your own room. Uh, yeah. Welcome to America. Uh, so they got this, I don't know where they heard about doing coffee enemas. They said, Hey, we should try this. Uh, the thing they didn't understand is that you got to let it cool down first. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this woman shoved piping hot coffee up this guy's ass. And when they called me, he was, oh man, he was in a whole new world of pain. And so I sent him to the hospital and they were like, oh yeah, he had like second degree burns up his butt. And yeah, he was. Yeah, he was really, really messed up. So pug yeah, public anima number one. <laughs> I think that was number two, actually. But, uh, but yeah, I can I can tell things up the butt stories all night long, but we won't we will we'll go back to we'll go back to rock and roll. Um yeah. oh you want to go back to Molly Crew. <laughs> I gotta so you guys know that I, I went to high school with Tommy. Um Tommy he was Tommy Bass back then. I think he was two right. years two years younger than me. And he okay. was in the high school band. You know. Mm-hmm. Played he played drums in the high school band and at our school i don't know and i guess it's not this way all over the world but in california if you're in the high school band you're like you're just asking asking for an ass whooping i mean they were the most mocked uh just totally tortured people on campus and uh, somehow he came out of that and became tommy lee which is very impressive Right. And I think I told the story that uh, we were my buddy Ed, who was the drummer in my band, who actually sold Tommy his first drum set. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're on our way to art class, and across the way, across the lawn, there, going across the the square, Tommy's looking at us, and he gave he flips us off. Now, mm-hmm. Ed, now, I don't know why he people were afraid of him. I mean, he's kind of a big guy. I never saw him fight anybody because nobody would fight him. Everybody was terrified of him. He's a good guy to have as a friend. Uh, so ed just walked over to him just calmly and he had a big like a big gulp you know of coke 32 Mm -hmm. ounces and he poured it right on tommy's head and tommy wore it and he just like all right yeah i'm not i'm not gonna say a word to you ed (laughs) and we just walked off but but i was also a buddy of mine uh was in another band he's a guitar player ralph johnson super great guitar player uh and we were, we were getting together to play something and he says, well, my amp's at this practice studio, this place that rented out uh, space to bands so they could practice. Cause I, I mean, I don't know what it was like when you were a kid, but you know, you practiced wherever you could until the police came until right. somebody threw you out. So, <laughs> so yeah, they started this thing where bands could, you know, pay and practice. Yeah. So I went there to pick up his amp and this guy comes up to me and he goes, he's like, Hey man, do you, do you have any weed? And I'm like, no, man, I was, I was super straight. I mean, like crazy straight when I was a teenager, but it it turned out it was Vince. Cause he goes, my buddy goes, yeah, this guy's in a band. They're actually pretty good. They're called rock candy. And <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, so that was the only time I actually met Vince, but he just, all he wanted was weed.
1: Wow. That's funny. I know? asked, I asked um, Ernie C from body count about Vince um, because Vince is from Compton. And I, I really? said, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what he That's what it says in the dirt. It says that he's from okay. Compton.
0: Oh, it must be true then.
1: So, I asked. You I asked been to Compton. <laughs> I've driven through Compton. Ooh. <laughs> but this is this is what um, what Ernie C actually said. He says to me, "Well, you know, Compton has gotten gotten a bad rap uh, over the years, but Compton Compton still has." A part of it that has million-dollar houses has some – well, that's what he said. He said that there's right. parts. He said there are Probably pons- nowadays, yeah. Well, he's he said that Compton has always had a side to it that wasn't that bad, That okay. and that the whole town sort of got a bad rap. Um, Compton is in L.A., Jeremy. Yeah, it's south uh
0: if you're in downtown LA and you get on the uh, Harbor Freeway which used to be the 11 when I lived there and it's 110 now and you go south uh yeah towards Long Beach. Uh, Compton is just right there right at, uh right north of Long Beach. And it's 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 pretty rough. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so yeah. so what Ernie C was was saying because what I brought up was I said, you know, it's hard to believe that he was from Compton because I would think that he would have probably you know, gotten his ass kicked frequently. And, um, and he said, he said to me, he goes, nah, he goes, well, Vince, he goes, I'm from South central is what he said. He says, Compton isn't as bad as South central. He goes, everyone has made a big deal out of Compton, but they still have nice houses, nice neighborhoods in certain parts. He said, yeah, there are parts of it that are bad. He goes, but nothing compared to South central.
0: Yeah, so, the worst place I've ever been in LA is Watts. Okay, you know, they had the big Watts riots.
1: Riots, yeah, the, yeah,
0: you know, late '60s. But um, that place—I mean, it looks like a war zone. I don't know what it's like now, but when I lived there, um, I mean, you drive through there, and things just like bombs had gone off. It was, it was, it was pretty <laughs> creepy. Yeah, really, I, really rough place.
1: I, I think every country has that, you know, somewhere. You know, because there are parts there there are parts here in Spain that you could go to in cities where it's it's a similar deal, you know, because let's let's be honest, most people and I'm not talking about rich people um, when they when they have enough money move from the city Um, because of, you know, everything that's that that encompasses being in a city, living in a city. Some people love it. Some people, you know, can't get out of it quick enough. So, and I guess it's same thing with the suburbs, but um, anyway, I I thought that was interesting. And, I, and now it's funny all these years later, they're saying, well, you know, Vince is actually half Mexican. I'm like, uh, okay. So that's what, that's why he was, um, that's why he was such a tough guy is because he was Mexican. And I'm like, well, so, because he was Mexican, automatically he was a tough guy. You know, I I don't understand. But again, you know, there a lot of this is urban legend and and whatnot. It's been built up in the press, and um, you're saying, you know, something that you lived with with Tommy. You know, is is there a difference between how he was back then to maybe? a coked up Tommy um, or anyone else from the band who has flat out said how they've been, you know, wasted for so many years. Memory is a hell of a thing when you're not messed up. So just imagine what it's like when you are messed up and you can't recall, you know, certain things. I I think a lot of people have come into question, the whole, you know, heroin diaries thing with with Nikki, yeah. you know, he's the only the only functioning heroin addict to ever exist and be able to take a, a daily write a daily diary down as to as to what took place. So, yeah, again, superhuman wow. feats.
0: Yeah, I mean I mean heck, I don't I don't know what people thought of me when I was in high school. I, looking back, I think I might have been a bit of a dick, I don't know. Cuz I, <laughs> I I thought, I thought I was a snob, man. I mean, you know, I I thought my music was the best and everything else sucked and um you know, right. I didn't do I didn't do drugs. Anytime I go to a party, I mean, I was so like anti-drug. And uh, somebody tried to hand me a joint. I go, no, 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 I don't, I don't smoke. And they're like, no, man, no, no, no. And then my buddy Ed, he would be like, don't give it to him. Don't give it to him. I'm warning you, don't give it to him. And they'd be like, no, no, here. And I'd go, okay, fine. They'd give it to me and I'd throw it. And they'd be like, What? <laughs> and I, yeah, and of course, I never got an ass whooping because I was with Ed. So right. so there, there you go. But uh, I was like, I told you not to give it to me. It's like, why did you do that? I threw away so many pipes and everything because the people just kept trying to force it on me. I'm like, no, dude, I don't want it. If you're going to yeah. insist on me getting it. I, d- I did that at concerts, too. We're like, no, don't give it to me. Don't give it to me. Yeah, I, I like to think I mellowed out as I got older. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I I still don't smoke weed, but. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that to somebody. I wouldn't throw their stuff away.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. I've, 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 um, uh, I've, I've never been, you know, big on, on that scene. Personally, I've interviewed bands and gotten contact high and stuff like that, but you know, I've never deliberately, you know, I've, if, if that's what you want to do, that's cool. You know, I've, I've, I'm not against people. Doing what they want on their own. It's just that specific thing that you said has always annoyed. No, no, you have to try it. You have to. It's like, well, if I don't want to, why should I have to? That's, that's like somebody saying that, hey, uh, you know, you have to try having a ball peen hammer shoved into your ear. There's no other feeling like it,
0: you know. <laughs> Does that, that sounds that like you, a young one. Well, now we're back to the young ones. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you like there was a scene in there where the kid was sticking his tongue in the dog's ear and the dad goes, What are you doing? He says, I'm 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 trying to taste his brain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> there was so much warped humor on that show was I love great. that show. I love that show. I, There's, I, uh,
0: yeah jeremy am i going to be disappointed if i come to england and people aren't as funny as that i mean i totally expect if i go to england it's just i'm going to be entertained nonstop.
1: (laughs) you think uh there's a there's a john calice on every corner yeah yeah i love
0: british humor i just i just love the whole thing and and the the accent and i don't know man i i think that the uk is cool man I'm I'm in. I've never been there, and I want to go so bad. And of course, now I yeah. Uh, no, we are all funny. Yes, okay.
1: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you know, funny thing here in Spain. Uh, one thing that I get a lot is people will say, "Oh, you you um uh, you you speak English," and I'll speak to them, and they're like, "Oh no, no, I don't understand you. You don't speak proper English. You speak." american english you know i understand england from london and i'm like okay you understand england from or english from london town excuse me um exactly which of the seven accents or dialects or excuse me or or ways of speaking that are spoken in different neighborhoods of london do you actually understand because if you don't understand how i'm speaking i have a hard time that you're gonna Understand someone like a Paul Diano who speaks Cockney English, um, who skips a lot of syllables and different letters and things like that. Um, I've run into so many people over the years. And and on the job, I was interviewing someone to be um, uh, someone that was going to work alongside me uh, in the sales department of this company that I worked in. And it was funny. I'd, I'd speak to people. and They were like, no, 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 I don't understand you. But if, if you'd speak with a British accent, and I said, OK, so you need to speak to people in the U.S., in the U.K., in Ireland, in Australia and possibly New Zealand. Are you going to get on the phone and say, hey, sorry, I don't understand your Wellington accent, so I can't sell you something, you know? It's just beyond ridiculous. Which, Speaking
0: of that, Victor, I have to apologize to you. I I realized, um, you know, and it's maybe because I expect that Mark uh, mispronounces everything, uh, Uh that your name, and I realized this after I recorded the, you know, thing for uh, your Sabbath spot, is that I called you Ruiz. Because Mm -hmm. growing up in L.A., that's how you would pronounce your name in in Los Angeles, you know. Uh, but, But you pronounce it Ruiz. Ruiz, right?
1: Yes. Okay. So I've never gotten bent out of shape when it comes to the pronunciation of my last name. I know a lot of people that do. Yeah, um, yeah. I've always said Ruiz. People have said Ruiz because it's kind of, you know, them trying to say it in Spanish or in mm. English type of a combination. I had a professor in college who would say Ruiz. Um you know, and even in Spanish, depending on the country that you're in, it's pronounced right. differently. Because here yep. in Spain, uh, I would, you know, the way that it's said here is ruiz, but
0: the Z's Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah the bar, Z sounds
1: like th in English. But in South America, for example, or Puerto Rico or place, you know, other place outside of Spain, it's pronounced more like an S. So, you know, there's a lot of people right. that will say Ruiz. So, in in English, a lot of people will say Ruiz because of that because it sounds similar to that. Um, well, <laughs> anyway, after
0: after the first time I I, w- I was listening to it and I'm like, "Holy crap, I'm I and I felt really bad and I thought, "Oh, Victor's going to like want to punch me." Uh, no, so, I went back I, and re-recorded it and I think I did it Ruiz. I don't know. It
1: it it, uh, you it you don't mind, I I don't care. I, I got into an argument with somebody from a from a bank once because she started she started uh, telling me no, you're pronouncing your name wrong. I'm like, <laughs> what are you telling me? She's like she and she started like giving me like this whole like like I'm a Latina and you know um, it's not pronounced that way and blah blah blah. And I said, well, how would you pronounce it? And she says, she says, oh, it's obvious that it's pronounced Ruiz. And I said, well, it's obvious that since my ancestors are from Spain and Spanish comes from Castilian Spain, it's pronounced Ruiz here. So am I going to jump down your throat because you're not pronouncing it like it is in Castilian Spanish, but yet because I don't care because it's not like you're calling me, you know, um, asshole or something like that. You know, you're not insulting me. Okay. You're pronouncing it differently. I don't care. There are worse things in my opinion to deal with, you know, on a daily basis to get bent out of shape uh, as to how somebody pronounces, you know, your, your name. I, I don't know. Victor, how, Victor. How- Victor Kulo. <laughs> well, th- th- well, is that, funny is that, enough, is that
0: the same? Is that the same in Spain as it is in where I grew yes. up? Okay, yes, so it is. The same. All right.
1: But okay, All right. funny enough, <laughs> my nephews um, are half Polish, and wow. yeah, um, that's part so, of being in
0: America. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so um, the Polish word for Kulo is Dupa. So for the longest time I was uncle Dupa and you know, I, I didn't care. You know, I was, I thought it was funny. And then, and then my sister-in-law says, no, they have to put this to an end. They cannot call you uncle ass. And I was like, uh, I don't, you know, they're kids. Come on. You know, they're, again, they're worse things that they can call me. And, you know, growing up in New Jersey, And even here in Spain, being very fluent, in Spain, when people speak Spanish, there are a lot of curse words thrown in. In New Jersey, there are a lot of curse words thrown in um, when you speak. So calling people, you know, insults and different things in a kind and friendly fashion. You know, it depends who it's coming from and who is saying it, basically. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I think in Jersey, what you call it ball busting. Yes. Busting your balls. Yeah. Yeah. Busting your balls. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's like a, that's, that, that's kind of a a badge of honor if somebody's busting your balls, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's
0: comfy with you that they'll screw with you like that. That's what I tell my students too. I say, yeah, you know, I I give them a really hard time. I say, if, if I'm doing that, that means you're doing well. It's if I'm mm -hmm. ignoring you, that means you're not doing well. And I, you know, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's like, I don't want to be around somebody who's failing. Sorry.
1: (laughs) Right. No, I I mean there's there, there I don't want to get into a, into a political rant or anything. Um, I, I think having grown up in in that area, you know, you definitely speak and say things differently, and and you do. I think because New Jersey is a blue collar state, you do learn. I think to respect people to an extent. Uh, and obviously, it all depends on your household and your upbringing and stuff like that. But I mean, yeah, like like yeah. Rob was saying, yeah, yeah. You know, there's one thing where something is being insensitive and crossing the line. There's another thing where you can, you know, you can mess around with people w- without being a disrespectful prick and and being insulting and. You know, it's, it's funny. The the other day it was kind of, um, I, I don't want to get into it because we'll, we'll get off on a, on, <laughs> hey, on a, on a, whole social, social political, uh, rant. And I don't, I don't want to go there with the podcast, but, uh, anyway, good. good, um, respect one another. That's all I'll say.
0: Yeah. Love, love everybody, man. We can all, we can all screw with each other and have fun and, you know, but the, if you're, if you're doing it with love from the heart, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I think it's cool that we're all different, and uh, I like, I like finding out about people's, you know, where you're from. It's like, well, yeah, New Jersey. I'm from California. I mean, we're, we're both Americans, kind of. Well, you're, I don't know, what are you, Victor?
1: Are you, are you, are
0: you dual citizen now? Dual citizen. Yeah, I was born and in the states. Keep,
1: I, yeah, but they I spend, let you
0: keep your U.S. citizen. You become a.
1: As long as you pay your taxes. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think I'd try to get out of that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They, they, um, what one, one of the, one of the perks for Spain, uh, joining uh, W in the Iraq war was that dual citizenship was allowed. So, um, at the time I, I was allowed, um, I was allowed to become dual citizen. So I have both. So when I fly in, in and out of Spain, when I go to the U.S., I fly with two passports. So that depending on, you know, what, where I'm entering, I use one passport or the other. Um, the biggest issue, every, uh, obviously post nine 11, everything changed, but with my wife, they most of the time they make us get in line with the, um, with all the non-U.S. citizens, and I'm like, well, you know, I am a U.S. citizen. We're married, blah blah blah. You know, no, 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 You can't. It's not the same last name. All right, whatever. So my kids have dual citizenship as well. But, um, um, Jeremy, you're you're fucking with us because this is the,
0: <laughs> okay. That's what I was thinking too. I think it, it, Jeremy's screwing around because, it, well, yeah, so yeah. It
1: just, so so here's here's the thing. Jeremy has corrected me a few times with pronouncing things, how they would be pronounced in the UK. It's funny because, and actually Richie from focus on metal. We talk about this all the time too. There's a place up in Massachusetts. That's close to him. That is uh, Worcester. Worcester. Yeah. Worcester. Yeah. But it's spelled Worcester. Okay. There's a, um, there's a, a very famous, well, famous, and it's been part of the debate this week um, with a bunch of uh, football, a.k.a., yeah, Ricky Warwick. But it's funny because I've heard him interviewed and I've heard him say Ricky Warwick. So um, it's it's weird. But they do that here in Spain where you have somebody like Antonio – Banderas, Antonio Banderas, or as my brother likes to affectionately say, Tony flags. Um, he, um, Warwick. Okay. Um, he will change the way that he pronounces things depends on who's interviewing him. If he's in the South of Spain, where he's from, he speaks as if he's from the South. If he's anywhere else in Spain, all of his accents are gone, so it's similar to what they call in uh, in the states the Ohio accent, which apparently is devoid of any like inclination of being from one place or the other. But um, what I was trying to get at, there's a soccer team for those of you in the states, a football club for those in the UK, which is pronounced Leicester. I have been pronouncing it Leicester. Or, or Leicester for decades until, oh, Leicester Country is gonna win the premiership. Leicester Country, who the hell are they? I never heard of them. And then I look at, you know, the standings, I'm like, oh, that's uh, Likester or whatever. And I'm like, ah, okay, so you're dope, you've been pronouncing it wrong for all these years. So, Jeremy, I'm gonna take a stab at this. You say that you're <laughs> that's your, your first. Sertian from the city of Chester. I had a Chester close to where I lived, where I grew up, a Chester, New Jersey. But much like you're correcting me with 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 Wiki Warwick, I was about to say, uh, Ricky Warwick, how would you pronounce where you're from and what you're saying you are? I, I, I want to learn this evening. I want to see if he breaks. Okay.
0: Sestrian. Sestrian? Sestrian.
1: Sestrian?
0: Rian? Sestrian?
1: Okay. I can see that. Okay. That's just me fumbling over words. Is Chester pronounced the same? Or would you pronounce that differently?
0: Wow. I don't know. Or is that one of the, the, is there a C letter in the,
1: Y- Cesarean. Okay, <laughs> Jeremy's Jeremy's throwing his fist in the air at the other end. It's like this, damn it.
0: <laughs> okay, now wait a second. Okay, so Jer- Jeremy, uh, you know the first time we did the talking metal get together, and who's who's the who's the guy from Scotland? <laughs> uh mailman.
1: that's the, the mailman. Um,
0: oh God, um, what can I think of his name? And yeah. and I'm like. I have no idea what he's saying. Not a clue, and, and it was it was just brilliant. And I'm thinking, guy, wonder if Jeremy can understand him?
1: <laughs> well, Jeremy lives in Manchester, if I'm not mistaken, or fairly close. Um, and some followers of his football club of Manchester City are the Gallagher brothers or the Gallagher brothers. Of Oasis.
0: Uh, Ray, oh, no, no, those Gallagher's. Those Gallagher's.
1: Wrong ones. But they use subtitles when they speak. <laughs> no one can understand. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> but I see, it's funny that he says that because I've seen. <laughs> I've seen plenty of like documentaries over the year from the BBC and different things where they're, you know, where where they have from people from Scotland or from the Highlands who they have to, they have to, you know, place subtitles in the documentary because within the UK they don't understand. Them. So this gets back to pronunciation. When I worked in the States <laughs> and going back to the whole, um, Uh, UK connection. The town that I grew up in was called Dover. So obviously the name comes from the white cliffs of Dover or the town of Dover. There was actually this real like shitty apartment complex in my town. That was called the white cliffs of Dover. Um, But um,
0: class it up.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah. There was at least one apartment on fire a month there. I don't know how they could manage that, but was was um, there a white castle of Dover? No, there wasn't. White Castle was not widely spread up until I moved to Spain um, because I remember the only White Castle that we would encounter was on the way to JFK Airport, which was someplace in Queens, was this White Castle. And then all of a sudden, they started sprouting up everywhere. I've never eaten at a White Castle. I've eaten at an In-N-Out, but I've never eaten at a White Castle.
0: Those are good burgers, eh?
1: (laughs) In-N-Outs are great yeah I've never
0: I've never eaten in White Castle either so somebody we need to we need to hook up is Jose still here did Jose go bye-bye or is he just being quiet
1: he was he was having trouble with his connection before oh, okay I mean, um yeah I'm trying like to figure Brad, out who's
0: who's going to be the first person here I actually meet in person
1: <laughs> We're going to have a pool. Now,
0: now, Rob Rob is obviously a, a Southsider because he's a Sox guy, and I love that. I'm a big Sox fan. Actually, got to go to the World Series in 2005, Rob.
1: Uh, he's driving.
0: Okay. He's driving. Good, good boy. Yeah, no t- texting and driving. Uh, where, where do you live, Jose? You probably can't tell us. You're driving. Or where he's, are you driving?
1: <laughs> he's in Connecticut. Um,
0: Connecticut. Yeah, that's where the CEO of uh, Yard Metal lives in Connecticut. It was near Torrington. OK. Um, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, OK, so here here's a, f- a funny thing. And and it w- I have people say to me, where should I go to eat? You know, when when they're in Spain, when they're here, oh, yeah. I had a cousin say this to me uh, a few years ago. And I said, well, to be honest with you. Given that I have a Spanish chef at home, a.k.a. my wife, uh, we don't tend to go out for Spanish food. We tend to go to, you know, fast uh, American fast food. Um, so things that in the States are considered crap, for example, that some people would say like a Friday's or like even a Dunkin Donuts oh. or or uh, a Taco Bell or. um what else is here? Well, obviously McDonald's, Burger King, KFC, stuff like that. So, as crappy as that food is, it's hard to come by. Except Burger Burger King and McDonald's are everywhere. Um, but the other the other uh, chains are not. We we didn't have KFC up until two years ago, and now we have two. Um.
0: Which I, I, I'm, and I'm, I'm for all Americans, I'm going to apologize for that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't eat that stuff, man. Kentucky fried chicken. Every time I eat it, I'm like, oh guy, why did I just eat that? I don't know what they do to that, their chicken, but it's, it's, it's like the worst thing ever. It's kind of like Popeye's. I mean, it tastes good when you're eating it. And then afterwards you're like, why did I
1: eat that? That that's Taco not... Bell, same thing. Taco, uh, oh, man, Taco I, Bell. I used to oh. love Taco Bell, but. It yep. was one of these things where it would always have to be a drive, a drive through, uh, a drive through pickup because, you know, it would have to be close to home.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Rob. So, yeah. So just to answer Rob's question. It was game two. It was the Sunday game. Uh, the the walk off with um, Pasednik now we're back to polish I think he, he hit the walk-off which he's not you didn't expect that that was such an awesome game awesome series too um rob where are you living now you're not in chicago now right
1: he's in missouri he said yeah, um he's in he missouri yeah
0: okay yeah he's trying <laughs> you know seeking out tornadoes okay yeah texas hmm I love Texas, by the way. I don't, I don't know that I want to live there, but I, I love visiting. That's a, The more metal people in Texas. Now we're bringing it back to metal, okay? I love going to San Antonio for concerts because the, yeah. the metal fans there are just, uh, it's the best. You know, every, every time Saxon comes to the U.S., I always make a trip to Texas to see him because then you get to see him play on a big stage with crazy fans, and they okay. do like two hours, and uh, it's just, yeah, it's the best. So there you go. Shout out to Texas. Nobody hears from Texas. Yeah, Missouri. Okay. Yeah. I, I saw Saxon in uh, St. Louis uh, when they were doing that, when they were warming up for Judas Priest. They did some uh, off shoots of the tour uh, headlining club club deals. And I went to I flew out to see him in St. Louis so I could see him do a headlining show. And uh, Black Star writers were warming up. So you got extra, extra songs from both of them. And that was, oh, God, it was great.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm Saxon, just going to concerts. Saxon is the um, the accidental band. I've seen them more times accidentally than, uh, than any other band. I've seen them open for Priest. I've seen them at two separate festivals. Um, and I'll, I'll always tell this story. Um, I got to see uh, Dio on his last solo tour. Kiss came on after. And after Kiss was done, Saxon came on. And I like Saxon, but I've never been a huge fan. Um, I've always been more of a casual fan. And we decided that the bus lines were so long to get back from the festival to our car that we were going to walk from the festival to where we parked little did we know we wouldn't get to our car till 7 AM because we were actually like 10 miles away from where we parked. I wow. had, you know, I didn't realize we were that far away, but anyway, future, a few, uh, train, train trips later, we got there. Uh, anyway, but as we were walking past the bus line, Biff Byford says only in Spain can we go on and start our show at quarter to four in the morning, <laughs> yeah,
0: so yeah, that's crazy, man. Good times though absolutely uh, yeah the first you know first time I saw Saxon at the whiskey in nineteen eighty two the warm up band was a band I'd never heard of before called Metallica
1: Wow, yeah, oh okay yeah but they that, were a
0: bunch of pimply faced teenagers, and I thought these guys just want to be iron Maiden, you know playing everything really fast and and uh you know they all had the badges on you know back then in the in the early you know eighties, kind of the new wave thing you know where you had badges and all this kind of stuff, and it kind of went into metal too, and so they were wearing all those things under straps and all that right and uh who I had no idea i''t hadn't, I hadn't, you know. I didn't look at them going, "Holy crap, these guys are so good." I just looked at them going, "Ah, come on, get Saxon on." But well, Saxon never been disappointed at a Saxon show. Me, I've never, I've never seen a bad show by them.
1: Um, that was Metallica's first show.
0: What, their first show?
1: No way. Yeah, James didn't play guitar, right?
0: I believe you are correct. Yeah, it was
1: McGovernie. That was Metallica. And- that was Metallica's first show ever. And during that show, um, James goes behind the speakers behind Kirk H- or yeah, behind Dave Mustaine speaker several times to throw up because he was so nervous. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Another person that was at that show, Gene Hoagland, who has played in.
0: I've met Gene.
1: Yeah. Gene was He's at that Death show. clock. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Um Bob yeah, now. Mike, Bandon, Mike, who my I,
0: buddy, Mike Keneally played in death clock. Yeah. Him and him and Brian Beller, good buddies of mine. New, oh, wow. uh, Brian Beller of New Jersey, famous bass player. Oh, cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and, um, and Bob, who I mentioned before, Bob now Bandon, was at that show as well. Gene Hoagland when I interviewed him, he told me a, a great, um, James Hetfield story and it's possibly the greatest story that was ever shared with me on, uh out of anyone because the story is just so ridiculous um when when Gene was in fear factory they opened up for metallica um James and he said Lars for that matter both of their memories are shot for a certain time period they just don't remember anything um so Gene told James Hepfield a story about them meeting back in 79. And he said that this story garnered going out with James Hetfield and getting many a steak dinner as a result. Um, He mentioned that, um, that he went to a, to a backyard party uh, in California with his sister. His sister was, a few years older than him. And Gene was, I think, 13 or something like that. And his sister was 17. So he shows up and he sees this guy um, with this, it was the cover of the first Iron Maiden album, a t-shirt, but it was all white. Hmm. And at the time, no one knew who Iron Maiden was. Gene knew who Iron Maiden was because, you know, he collected a lot of like overseas things and whatnot. And so he went up to me. He's like, Oh wow. You like Iron Maiden. And he was like, James is just so uninterested. He didn't want this kid coming up to him and pestering him and like messing up whatever he had going on. So he was like, you're into Iron Maiden. He's like, where'd you get that shirt? He's like, I made it. And he says, Oh wow. Can you make me one? He's like, no, why would I make you one? Then somebody else would have my shirt. And he says, okay, I'll buy it off of you then. And he says, he says he took out the money in his pocket. He goes, I've got five bucks. I'll I'll give you five bucks for the shirt. And he said, you know, back in the seventies, he goes, a concert t-shirt went for like five to eight dollars. He said so you know he wasn't asking anything out of the ordinary so he went James said no he was like beat it kid you know leave me alone you know I'm trying to trying to you know drink some beer over here or whatever and um and he went to find his sister and he finds a sister and he says to her give me all your money he's like why he's like this guy has an Iron Maiden t-shirt and I have to have it so he gets together like 23 dollars He goes back to James. He says, I'll give you twenty three dollars for the T-shirt. Please give this give this to me or give me your shirt. Sell it to me. It's like, leave me alone, kid. You know, I don't I don't want to um, I, I don't I don't want to sell you my shirt, you know. And he said that they went back and forth until, you know, he just no longer saw James. And, you know, a few years later, that was what, 82, you said the show?
0: Yeah, it was 1982. It was in the-
1: so three years later, he's like, he's like, that's that, that's that guy that had that, that Iron Maiden t-shirt. He's up on stage. Who, who who's this? And he said, you know, before he, he went to the show, he's similar deal. He's like, I don't want to see this Metlica band. I want to see Saxon. You know, and then he's he told James, he's like, wow, then I, you know, I saw you on stage, you know, he told him the story and then he said how, you know, next time he saw him was on stage opening for Saxon. And, and James was like, dude, I don't remember it, but based on how you're describing what I did, how I treated you, he's like, yeah, that was me. So, (laughs) uh, so it's great. I mean, obviously it's better when, when Gene Hoagland is telling the story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Gene's um, a nice guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Gene's great. Great drummer. Yeah. i I spoke to Gene for it was five and a half hours one day. Wow, he was great. He had to go to a band meeting. He's like, "I'll call you back in a few hours and we just kept talking. yeah, yeah I think all great.
0: the you know I, I've gone and seen them a few times well when it was death clock you know the death clock shows right and uh, so I would go backstage afterward and and hang out and uh never really i mean Gene was wiped. I mean, as you can imagine, playing that stuff for, you know, an hour plus. And so he's he's like in none of my pictures, uh, you know, every time <laughs> I saw him, he's just sitting on a sofa just with a beverage going, oh.
1: <laughs> but you know why? I, I have his first Atomic Clock DVD where it's, it's a drum instructional. He wears weights on his feet to play. Oh, really? He wears weights on his feet. He wears boots. Okay. He uses old um, Camco uh, uh, drum pedals from back in the eighties. Wow! Um, and he tends to always want to play the hardest song last because most of the times when you're playing, you know, live, you tend, especially for a drummer, you want your hardest song to be within the first. Like quarter of your set because that's when you've yeah. got the most energy and you can pull it off. Gene wears the weights until the last song takes the weights off, so he's able to fly through it. Basically, wow! So that's great. That's great stuff. He's he's spent yeah. at the end of a show because of that. So,
0: well, anyway, he's a, he's a good dude and a great drummer yeah. and
1: yeah. ridiculous drummer. He's yeah, stuff. He's played with so a lot who, of great. Who, So who are you interviewing again next week? Okay, so I've got Tommy Klufetis on Monday. Wow,
0: another great drummer.
1: Yep. Uh, Sonia Anubis, uh, guitarist Guitarist. on Friday. Cool. Uh, And then Chris Aiken and Matt from the Classic Metal Show Podcast Network. So um, I'm going to have, yeah, it's going to be a nice and and booked uh, week for me. Hopefully, Hopefully you guys enjoy the, uh, the outcome of those episodes. I think that all of the interviews will be live except for, I'm not sure how, uh, I'll be able to pull the Tommy episode off or the Tommy interview off only because I'm using zoom for the first time. Like I mentioned to you all fair. Um, I know that there's a way to connect zoom to this, so I may be able to live stream. Um, but, um, whether I am or not, it'll still be released At you know, um, as part of a podcast. So, uh, if you don't get to see the video, it'll definitely be released in an audio format.
0: I'm looking forward to, to all of that. Yeah. That sounds great. I'm hoping, uh, my next interview will be with Mark, Lenoux of fiction six. And if you don't know okay. about those guys, six is S Y X X. Right. And, um, yeah, the the, the the musicianmanship in there and their stuff is just fantastic. He gave me some songs from the upcoming album that's coming out and I'm playing it. He's he's part of our Sabbath thing. So if you listen to if you listen to Yard Metal with the new app and you hear his song and uh, afterward, I play a song from their new album. And, and uh, so far, oh. very, very impressed. And so looking forward to chatting with him. And, and uh, so watch watch all of our stuff. And and, uh, you know, who knows, maybe it'll be maybe it'll be fun to talk to him. I hope so
1: cool uh any idea of what the uh c band is gonna be uh yeah I, I feel pretty
0: comfortable announcing that now um and and i made the decision to do alice cooper I, i'm okay. yeah so i don't know whether that's uh like apple music i think they would put him under a i don't know but uh, i put him under c for cooper sure and i thought that he had he he was uh you know, had a big enough catalog and probably everybody, everybody's got a favorite Alice Cooper song, I'm hoping. Yeah. And if you don't, that's fine too. But I, I, yeah, I'm hoping that anybody wants to join in Rob, I know you're busy and I know you got a lot of stuff going on in your life and, and all that. And, and, uh, and I'm thinking about you, I hope everything's going well with you and your family and friends, but I'm hoping Rob will join in. So I'll be thinking about, uh, that Rob, it's, it's easy to do. You sit down, you knock out a one minute, Explanation of why you picked the song, or if you're Matt's Carlson at 220 volt, you just say, Yeah, I picked hole in the sky. There it is. <laughs> 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 I've already- I, I love listening to why people pick the songs that they pick. I mean, some of, some of them you. are just so heartfelt and so cool. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I, music is so personal to me. I love it when people are attached to a certain song or something. So I like it when people do explain that. And, you know, Victor, you're and I love your picks, Victor. You're fantastic. And I mean, Jeremy, holy crap. Jeremy could be his own thing. Uh, have, you, have, you listened, have you heard Jeremy's uh, intro to his song? I haven't. I, I, I have to. Uh... Okay. Well, I'm going to be doing block. I might be running a block tonight. So maybe when you guys get up in the morning, uh, I don't know. Watch Twitter because I'll be tweeting it out what time I'll be doing okay. it. Uh, Greenwich median time or whatever it is. Uh, But, yeah, you got to hear Jeremy's intro to his song because it was so, prof- so fantastic. Anyway, great job, Jeremy. And I love having you I- part of our group.
1: Yeah, I, I have to what was great the last time is that you told me when you were doing all of the ACDC songs back to back. So I was able to catch that yeah. and hear everyone's picks. Um, yeah, that's
0: what and that's what I'm gonna do now with the Black Sabbath stuff. I'm gonna start, I'm gonna okay. call it I call it the block and I'm gonna run everybody's picks back to back with everybody's intros. So I'm gonna hopefully set that up tonight. It's the hard thing is figuring out like what order I want to go in. You know, do I want to do try to be chronological? Do I want to just break up the Dio and Aussie stuff and sprinkle in other things? And yeah. I think that's probably what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna mix it up a bit. Uh, so <laughs> listen and see. I'll uh, I'll, I'll sort w- it was, out. But there's a lot of songs.
1: Yeah, w- w- were there any clowns that picked any uh, Tony Martin songs? <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah. There's three clowns actually. You're the you're the you're the head you? clown. You're you are the head clown. Uh, which I that that I was hoping somebody would do that, and then um, and then I picked one, and then my brother yeah. picked one. As oh our, wow! Because, yeah, my brother being the boss, he he says, "Well, I want a second choice too." I want multiple choices. I'm like, how can you say no to the the boss, right? You know, the guy who's paying right. the bills. So I'm like, yeah, you can have as many picks as you want. I mean, let's face it, when this station started, all you played was Black Sabbath. So, right. I mean, <laughs> I think we're kind of heading that direction again. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so he, he, he got a second pick, and then I snuck in there with a third pick, and I picked a Tony Martin song, and he didn't know that. And he picked a Tony Martin song, and we both picked it off the same album. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, well. So they're out there. If you're listening to the station, I play, I play the Black Sabbath stuff right now about every 10 songs. There's going to be okay. a band of the week song. Right. And so, uh, yeah, they, you have, you have to listen, but they're all really, really cool. And we got some very cool people participating in this. I'm hoping, I'm, uh, and if anybody out there knows anybody who, uh, was in Alice's band at one point or anything or anybody that's cool. Uh, let me know. I'm, I want to hit people. I'm trying to hit people up who've actually been in Alice's band to jump in on, on that one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I'm hoping, I'm hoping I can get some of those people to participate. Cause I think it'd be kind of cool to hear from somebody who actually played with the guy. And it's like, this is the song that really did it for me.
1: Right. Um, I will say that as we're talking, I already have my Alice pick. So yeah. Uh... And and again, it is something that I'm sure a lot of people will not expect. So
0: that's what we like, man. Uh, That's (laughs) that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I was just waiting for some ass clown to pick uh, paranoid or uh, Iron Man and no, nobody did that. So that's but that's That's the group we have. I mean, we we have pretty much true music fans, uh, true. I mean, musicians who are passionate about us, not like, oh, well, no, you know yeah you know, yeah so we got a we got a good group and of course i'm always trying to expand it um who knows man who knows where this will go yeah,
1: yeah absolutely so,
0: so cool I, and i appreciate you you participating victor and um absolutely yeah you you bring a you you bring a lot to the party let's just put it that way so
1: <laughs> well you're, you're, i you're, i appreciate that
0: no, I appreciate that. Yeah, that just you blew me out of the water when you picked that. I was like, so I can't wait to play this. I just can't wait to play this for people. And my brother freaked out. He's just like, oh, I love that song, and I really yeah. like that album too. I yeah. the the last time I saw, well, let's see, well, it was the it was Cozy Powell's last show with Black Sabbath was in Los oh. Angeles, and on that tour on the Forbidden tour, and they played I think two songs off of Forbidden, but. Okay. Um, yeah I, I love cozy pal that's a whole nother that's a whole nother show so
1: yeah he's my uh favorite drummers. De- definitely uh a big influence for me from uh from a drummer standpoint so I'm right there with you
0: all right we'll we'll save that topic for another day let's yes. we should talk about uh our favorite favorite drummers
1: there you go that's the yeah, topic for uh for another episode now i i want to do something uh similar to what was done with that talking metal like kind of round table i'd I'd like to um do something like that one of these weeks or maybe once a month where there's like a big uh summit where we kind of get everyone who's even in the chat we get everyone on board and we all like pick a subject like that and just talk about things so um yeah let's let's do it this week so Um, this
0: is this right here, this, what you're, what you're doing right here is so, is so dang cool. And everybody in the, the chat room, I love reading everybody's comments. I mean, these are true music fans. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, I wish we could all just be hanging out in a room talking to talking <laughs> together uh, someday. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, At this Victor,
0: is our Victor's house.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this with is our uh, <laughs> with what?
0: the The rats or you still having a rat issue, or going to get a cat?
1: well <laughs> um all all i all I will say is that last night at at that um, two something in the morning, I was wrapping up uh, about to go to bed, and one of my um uh, security alarms went off. Um, I purposely put security cameras in my attic. Because of them, and lo and behold, I see these two shiny eyes coming towards the camera. I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> great! They're back!" So oh, um, it, it it is it is going to be a, a, a fun this weekend. There there's twenty traps up there, so um, it you it glue, usually glue it,
0: traps. Glue traps are the best,
1: by the way. Well, I, I have those in Spain. Yeah, yeah, they have them. Um, I, I use an old technique that I learned in New Jersey, uh, which is, uh, using peanut butter in regular traps. Mm-hmm. The reason yep. that the peanut butter, and it was funny the first time that I was told this, I laughed. I'm like, yeah, what the hell is peanut butter going to do? Like, no, oh, they yeah. like, the smell and it's sticky. So they have to work at it. Yep. And lo and behold, first time I used it. Uh, I was out in the swamps of New Jersey, working at a job site. And both of the rats that I got, head to tail, were probably over two feet long. Wow,
0: ratones.
1: Yes, (laughs) is that what you call them in Spain? Ratones or
0: mice? Ratones or mice, okay. Yeah. Okay, what are you calling rats? rats? Ratas. Ratas, okay, all right. So, I learned my right. Spanish from uh, my amigos at the salvage yard I worked at when I was 18. And uh, <laughs> those guys spoke no English. And so I learned I learned Spanish from them. They were all Mexicans. And uh, anytime somebody showed up there with a tie, those guys would all disappear because they thought it was somewhere from the government. And so right. it would just like me, this, this hillbilly guy and uh, this black guy, we were the only ones left to do all the work. We're like, holy crap, right. it's going to be like two hours before those guys come back.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Great yeah. guys, I love those guys, man. So so much fun, good yeah. times. Stories for another day. Ratones, or mice. Okay, there you good go. To know, man. see, and I got to, I got to learn. I got to brush up on my Spanish too.
1: You got to. Uh, I've I've been doing. Uh, and we'll, we'll wrap it up with this because this is very exciting for people, I'm sure to to learn. But I've been brushing up on my German. I, I took German in high school, and uh, I for whatever reason due to uh, bouts of insomnia, I started taking Duolingo lessons in German. So, all right, that's way that way. E- yes. E- even, or you can say choose, which is uh, choose. the uh, okay. colloquial way of saying it. Okay. So, all
0: right. Yeah. Run, I think uh, Vegas would be a great place for us all to meet up. I love Vegas. So I can, <laughs> I, can I can, I can probably get us hooked up somewhere there. There you <laughs> go. Comp. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Vegas. <laughs> party on man. Awesome. let's go wherever yeah all right everybody have a great week thank you again victor for having me i appreciate it and yeah uh, you guys everybody here's the best man
1: yeah thanks everyone for joining us for this supersized episode <laughs> with brad this week everyone loves having you on everyone always you. you know sends me messages when's brad come back when's brad come back so um Everyone, everyone loves having you on as well. And I've heard from other people outside of the chat who listen back to these episodes and and often tell me, who's this Brad guy? You know, you always have such great uh, conversations with him. So. Well, thank
0: you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And it's yeah. always, it's always fun for me to hang out with cool people and that's what you guys are. And, uh, everybody listen to the Yard Metal app. And I want to, I want to hear your opinion of what you think about, uh, not only the app, but what, what I'm playing. If you have any comments, uh, you can, of course, find Yard Metal on uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, now on Instagram. I just started an Instagram page Woo-hoo. and yeah, I've got like five followers. I think Victor's one of them and Victor's <laughs> two of them actually. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, follow, follow, follow me there. I'm trying to build up an audience there. And uh or you can email me at yardmetal one because yardmetal at yardmetal one at gmail.com. Uh yardmetal at gmail.com is my brother. And, and <laughs> yeah, you, no, don't do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're giving out all the family secrets.
0: Yeah. No, no, it's good. It's good, man. So yeah, so rock on everybody. And uh, and listen up for the watch watch Twitter because that's where I will announce when what time I'm going to do the Black Sabbath blocks, which will be every song that was picked by all of our. Um, I don't know what, what's a good word. Good word for our group. I. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that
1: that's what, a, where does a, a where does brotherly. yard metal come from?
0: Oh, yard metal.
1: Yeah, where up. does the word do yard come from?
0: yarg it's actually a, a friend of my son's mm-hmm. Who every time and he was just kind of he's kind of an oddball and mm-hmm. and uh i think this goes back to that brad pitt character in that snatch movie or whatever who would just speak gibberish and he would just that was kind of like a swear word for him every time something battered at happen, he goes yarg and so i was going all right i it's not a real word and I don't even know if that's really what you're saying, but I'm stealing it. And I'm gonna name that I'm gonna name the radio station that. So
1: I don't know. You gotta come oh, up yeah. with the uh w- with with the name for the followers, the Yargers. I don't know. The Yargernauts.
0: Uh, Yargernauts, yeah. That's I, I yeah. Yeah, we had a we had a, a a woman who worked with us for just a little while, they actually did one interview uh for us, and I called her the Yarg Maiden. <laughs> i thought that was i thought there that was go. pretty clever but uh she she kind of went went her way or whatever she's she's a cool person but and uh yeah so i don't know i need an i need a new yard maiden we need some yeah we need to get some women involved yeah absolutely There's a lot of women like our music
1: yeah yeah break up the okay, sausage cheers, cheers everybody <laughs> all right guys Thanks. i love sausage well, <laughs> Thanks guys for watching this live. And for those of you that are watching the replay or listening to the replay, thank you guys as well. Uh, Remember signals from Mars is on uh, every Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern 3 p.m. Pacific 11 p.m. in the UK midnight and continental uh, European time zone. There you go. Thanks again for watching and we'll see you next time right here on the signals from Mars. Livestream brought to you by the Mars Attacks Podcast. This time for real. Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks Podcast. This concludes our show.